And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! He's round the goalkeeper, he's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip. Does it tame and tame and tame again? Break up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! Jason Cundy, English football's El Chiringuito. Peter Drury's beautiful bedlam. How many departing players makes a fire sale or a clear route? More sleeping owls. An incredible hat trick of mildly baffling penalty punditry. The official scale of terminology for the ball hitting or missing the woodwork the most literally pantomime crowd noise of the season, Vitaly Mikolenko's wow sensation, why Schalke should adopt the Birds of a Feather theme tune, and the life of Mike Riley. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 160 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me yet again is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? Good, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, Superfan Rob Graham has got in touch and he's got a spreadsheet with him too. He's run the data on every single episode of Football Clichés and uh, he has plenty to tell us. We were talking the other day about how we were on a relentless run as an unchanged lineup. Um, he can confirm, Rob Graham, that me, you and Dave are the most popular combination on the Football Clichés podcast with 32 episodes together. Wow. And uh, we were on a, we were on yet another run of four episodes in a row together. But Dave won't be here today. But Charlie, before I introduce who is on today, I can tell you it's your 99th appearance on Football Clichés. Really? Wow. Um, I am one of the lads in the dressing room telling you beforehand. <laughs> before you hit, God, before you hit yeah. 100. Yeah. No, I no. Listen, I, I, I had no idea, and you know, <laughs> th- th- those things don't matter. But 100. Mm. Wow. Mm. Uh, a new personal best for you, in fact, the spreadsheet tells me, a 13th pod in a row for Charlie Eccleshare. Um, alongside you for his 37th cliches appearance, I can tell you, is Nick Miller. Hello. Yeah, that's respectable. Yeah. If, that was, if, if you had that many England caps, you'd be like Rob Lee. Who's got 37 England caps? I'm not sure Lee will have that many. No, I don't think Lee's. I think you maybe you Darius Vassell's that kind of thing. So it feels right. It feels quite thirty-seven. Mm. Actually, well, I mean, given that there have been a hundred and sixty episodes of cliches now, it is roughly analogous to England caps. Um, Charlie, I said you've got ninety-nine. That puts you just below Billy Wright, but above Brian Robson in cliches terms. Nick Miller. That puts you alongside Steve McManaman and Deli Alley. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. The answer to our well, left-sided problem. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully, I'm going to add to my uh, appearances rather than, uh, as opposed to McManaman and possibly Delian. Mm. I, I, w- I would imagine so. I would imagine so. But you both are here for the adjudication panel today. Um, I want to start with a, a very odd story from Spain, but I guess I must caveat it straight away. Charlie, of course, we are intermittently obsessed with uh, Chiringuito, that that bizarre Spanish football show, mm. uh, which we overreact to, um, and and we are constantly assured from Spain that we should be taking it seriously. It is it is essentially a wind up show, so we should be taking it seriously. The reverse has happened, however. This is a story from Marca from last week. I, I would set up the story for you, but I'm, what I'm going to do is going to play you the audio from Google Translate from the first paragraph of the story and see if you can both make sense of it. Otra dura crítica de Jason Cundy, exjugador del Chelsea y popular comentarista de fútbol en el programa Talk Sport al Villarreal. 
Esta vez su diana ha sido el portero Jerónimo Rulli, que no tuvo una actuación muy acertada ante el Liverpool en la cerámica. Charlie, should Jason Cundy be making headlines in Spain for any reason whatsoever? <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I think this is uh, where football media has been headed for some time, and Cundy deserves this sort of profile. In he, he deserves to kind of conquer all of Europe. He's he's yeah. done that in England. Nick, they're, they're as thirsty for content over there as we are here. The headline reads, Cundy attacks Villarreal again from it's pathetic to really isn't even good enough to be a substitute in the second division. Uh, the, the, the again there is quite troubling. It, it, it implies that um, the Spanish media have been following Cundy's uh, punditry career for quite some time. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was something, the first one was along the lines of they shouldn't be here or something like that, you know, um, What's it all coming yeah. to? Um, but yeah, it's um, it's weird to me that Jason Cuddy might be considered an, an influential voice from afar. <laughs> Is that not worrying to you? <laughs> yeah, it's like um, so, uh, I don't know if anyone has ever uh, anyone else has ever apologised for the conduct of other English people on holiday, <laughs> like in the Canaries or something like that. It feels like it feels like a little bit like that. It's like yeah. we're not all like that. It's just you know. Yeah, yeah. But this is the revenge. This is revenge but- for for us taking Chiringuito seriously, Charlie. I mean, I yeah, I, I feel like a sort of pride that when I, I used to watch, you know, David Beckham and Michael Owen playing for Real Madrid, I think, oh, that's 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 pretty cool, or McManaman before then, and I feel the same way about Cundy. It's just great to see our, you know, our <laughs> our exports making waves in Spain. Mm. At least it wasn't Jamie O'Hara. That's that's the main thing. <laughs> um, next up, uh, after last week's wedding vegetables revelation, or a uh, revelation to those of us who live in the south, at the very least, uh, the BBC's John Murray is taking the tone right back to Champions League level in the first half at the Bernabeu last week. We've got another stoppage. It's Benzema this time, worryingly for Real Madrid, who is uh, has taken a, a knock there. In fact, he's taken a hit amidships. So he's going to be all right. He'll just need a moment or two. I think we'd all need a moment or two. Yeah. So uh, he'll be okay. Very much the same formula. Nick, as, as it always should be, seeking the corroboration of the co-commentator, of course, with playing experience, just to reiterate that it is not an ideal situation. But amidships? Amidships is quite crickety. That you, you, you often get um, okay. the, the kind of more, um, you know, perhaps refined commentators of, in, in cricket say that someone has been hit amidships. Oh, right. Okay. It, is, it, it is funny that, 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 yeah, he has to defer to the... Um, to the former professional footballer to confirm <laughs> that being hit in the balls is actually painful. It really is. You cannot you cannot not have the yeah. um, contribution of the co-commentator here, Charlie. I mean, it's very much, uh, you know, deferring to their expertise situation. It's a classic they haven't played the game otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you had to go for wedding vegetables or amidships, which are you going for, Charlie? I'm going wedding vegetables just for mm. the strangeness of it. Um, yeah. I'm more of an unmentionables man, Nick. Interesting. Yeah, I like a um, tradition. I, I quite like a midships actually. I, it, <laughs> okay. it, it's sort of yeah. We all know what's happened. You don't need to be too uh, direct about mm. it. Either you go, you go amidships, or he's been hitting the balls. That okay. I think you know, coy okay. or really coy or super direct. I think you need to be. Okay. Nice even spread of our genitalia then. Then that's good there. <laughs> um, meanwhile. At the Bernabeu, um, another classic tradition of British broadcasting was taking place. Here is the unfolding battle between BT Sports Fletch and the Spanish director. <laughs> We're trying to keep you abreast of everything. We can see that sometimes you don't get shown by the Spanish director. There yeah. are quite a few players out there at the moment finding the pace difficult to go with. Right until the very last minute. There's Clarence Sable, <laughs> Patrice Evra next to him. Quite sure what the relevance of those two are at this stage of a match like this, but there you go. Clarence has won it in the Real Madrid shares, hasn't he? Certainly won. Just a very controlled rage there, Charlie. I thought. Um, I mean, I mean, he he was kind of right to point out that this was the 120th minute of a rip roaring Champions League tie. Probably don't need to see Clarence Sadoff and Patrice Evra on the touchline right now. Thanks very much. No, though I like Macca pointing out there was some relevance at least. Yes. Well, you know, he will have won the Champions League with them at some stage. <laughs> really good. Um, but yes, no, probably not what you need. Um, do you think after all these years, Nick, we need a right of reply to these faceless? 
TV figures from abroad. I mean, I mean, they must get annoyed by this. Yeah, it's a tough job. It, it, it feels like it. That's the the, the classic. Um, you know, Spanish. These are the pictures from the Spanish director thing. Mm. Is is a kind of nothing to do with us, Gov. It's you know, yeah. it's not our song. Fletch. There's a little bit more of an edge to it with Fletch. It feels mm. like he's taken it, taken mm. it a little bit higher. That he's kind of he's not just trying to excuse his, him or his colleagues. He's uh, you know, actively actively Re- angry about it. <laughs> really trying to create art here. <laughs> yeah. Someone was having fun at the Bernabeu, though. Peter Drury, whose whose alliteration we have covered well before, but um, his democratic decisions when it comes to alliteration. It, is, uh, is quite something. 12 years apart, here's Barrow winning the FA Trophy in extra time and then Real Madrid taking their Champions League semi-final to extra time. This is it. This is officially the most Drurian word in the world. <laughs> Bedlam. It's not. I mean, it's, not, it's obviously not news to us on the the Clichés podcast, but it's amazing how much Drury has become part of the the like the expected reaction to these things. In, in the, the 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 WhatsApp group for a, another podcast that I'm involved in planning, the first thing that was referred to when uh, at full time of that game, have we got some jury comms to kind of help us react to this? No post-mortem of the, a game like this is complete without a bit of jury. Mm. It's such a pressure on him, because what if he just wasn't allocated on that match? Could he then do some retrospective, like we used to get on end-of-season VHSs? Because <laughs> we, will need, we would need it. it just, yeah. As you say, it wouldn't be complete without it. The thing I'm starting to realise about Drury Charlie is that um, he, he's kind of kept at arm's length for UK viewers, which perhaps kind of burnishes his... Um, mm. It's kind of mystique because he is the most geo-blocked commentator out there. You can't get clips of him. I have to, mm. I have to, I have to get them FedExed over from, from the US. <laughs> it's quite annoying. Yeah, it, it is amazing how he's developed. And I don't know if that adds to... Because we sort of only get his best bits in a way, don't mm. we? We don't really yeah. get the mundanity and yeah. whatever else that most commentators do. don't get run of play from Drury anymore. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Do, do, you think, would you get, do you think Drury is a... Um, don't know what the Spanish director is doing here kind of guy, or do you think he just kind of runs with it? I don't know. I think he'd be a bit more playful about it. I can't imagine him getting annoyed about the Spanish director, but he would reference it, because I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, every commentator loves to do it. And I think he'd be aware of the tradition as well. Drury's a learned man. Mm. He would know to do it, definitely. Iberian incompetence. He would drurify it, wouldn't he? He would. Question next from listener Akshay, who was reading um, Andy Jones and Matt Slater's article on the Burnley purchase and the loan payouts that they must face if they if they get relegated. And the, the article lists five players that could be sold, followed by the sentence, a fire sale is possible. Akshay asks, Charlie, how many player sales is a fire sale? He says it should be eight to ten if you have a squad of 25. You would lose your creative spark, your young dynamic talent and your first choice goalkeeper but not your Mr. Club X. Great detail here. It's very similar to our new look discussion that we had the other day. How many players is a fire sale? Ooh, that's quite a high bar, but for... Yeah, I'd go maybe a little bit lower than that. But then for a a summer window, Mm. I guess there is quite a lot of time for quite a lot of players to be shipped out. Mm. Nick, in thinking about the threshold for fire sale, I did start to wonder... I put it to you that, that fire sale is only really used in kind of ominous prediction rather than reality. Fire sales don't seem to actually take place. They're just kind of, they're just warned that they might happen. It's in the same corner of the transfer window as a swap deal, isn't it? Mm. It's things that are mooted but never actually Sensational happen. swap deal. Do, do you think, uh, they, they mentioned that um, Miss, yeah, Club Mr. X or whatever it was doesn't feature in these sales. I think it, uh, uh, that's one of the... Not, maybe not a cornerstone of a fire sale, but it's it's one of the things that like will re- will make you realise well that well this is really is a fire sale if he's going. Oh, I'm if they're selling like very important players, but I yeah, think Mister yeah, Club yeah. X, Mister Club X exists outside of the saleable bubble. That they're, they're part of the furniture. They're not actually that valuable transfer wise. Mm, maybe. So, but I'm I'm thinking yeah. kind of like Alan Smith leaving Leeds, yeah. um, to go to Manchester United whenever 2004, whenever it was. Mm. That's that kind of thing. 
Yeah. So fire sales seem to be a bit of a vague concept, Charlie, to me. But um, I would say clear outs are perhaps more precise. How many players for a clear out? I'm saying minimum of five. Yeah, for a summer window. Yeah. When, when you've got the time and the space to really start clearing clearing people out. If, if, if you factor in players whose contracts were over and they were going to go anyway and they were never yeah. in the picture, you could be up eight, ten. That's, that's the thing. Because even, even just a regular summer, you're selling a few players probably. Mm, yeah. So it's kind of above and beyond that. Yeah, so at least half a dozen for a clear out, Nick, even in hypothesis. Uh, I think uh, at the very least half a dozen. I think I think you need a couple more for, for mm. a, a proper clear out. F- fire sale feels like something you're forced to do. Yeah. But clear mm. out yes. is more something that you actively choose to do. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely right. Bang on. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Next up, I I really enjoyed this. A a rare voyage into LinkedIn for me for this content. (laughs) Um, This is University of Sheffield broadcast media student Tom Pridgen doing his bit to bring the small matter of a certain ornithological-themed football phrase into the mainstream. And now over to Tom Pridgen with a sport where it's been a big weekend in football across South Yorkshire. Tom. Thanks, guys. Our main sports story today is the sacking of Barnsley manager Poya Asbagi. The Swede was relieved of his post as Barnsley were condemned to relegation via a 2-1 defeat to Huddersfield over the weekend. Callum Stiles' thunderous strike where the owl sleeps was not enough to save the Tykes from their fate. Effortless. <laughs> Charlie, it was effortless. He just slipped it in there. There was, no, there was no knowing wink, not a nod, not a leave. You could even hear the grin in his voice. Professional stuff from Tom Pridgen. Just, I've never heard it described in that kind of way as well like you normally it's like a it happens live and someone's re- reacting to the moment yeah to hear it done so just smoothly retrospectively well that's an interesting point nick if we're going to start if we do start using such a colorful exotic phrase in passing in kind of retrospective match reports more innocuous than than live commentary perhaps this is good news for the phrase it means it really is going to start seeping into the national consciousness yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the 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 single frame in a film where you don't really you don't, almost don't notice it, but it still lodges in your brain. Mm. So yeah, fantastic news. Well done, those guys. Yeah, trailblazer Tom Pridgen. I see a bright future for you mm. and other really patronising things that I could say. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> thanks anyway. Uh, really good stuff. Um, next up. Samuel Owens writes in and says, "I just heard on Gogglebox a clip from Britain's Got Talent describing a single person." as being all smiles. <laughs> in football, it's always a group, right? So, Samuel Owens writes, what's the minimum amount of people to be okay for all smiles? <laughs> I'd say it's two or more. Amazing. Yeah, it does have to be. I I, I, um, I do empathise with Samuel here because I have heard this creeping in. I've seen it from time to time. Talking about an Real test of your empathy here. As being, I, I can really, yeah, I can really see where he's coming from and why this <laughs> must have been so difficult for him. Uh, yeah, all smiles is is training pictures. That that is yeah. the spiritual home of all smiles. Mm. Uh, and and yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah. I think you want more. I mean, yes, two's a minimum, but ideally you want more than that. You know, they they were all smiles as they were put through their paces by manager X. Yeah, Nick, could you stomach an all smiles for one person smiling at a training ground? I don't know because it could refer to a number of smiles. He could be he could be the only person smiling, which yeah. means he is all the he smiles. He was all smiles. Yeah. Or uh, could it refer to a number of smiles, or could it refer to the like smiling all the time being like a volume of smiles? So that's mm. Mm, it's a tricky one. Tricky. The implication one. is kind of collective smiling. Really, yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think. A single person being all smiles is out of the question. It's not ideal. <laughs> no, it's not ideal, is it? No. But, um, um, I, you know, reluctantly accept it, I think. 
you're at the mercy of the club photographer there, I think. Um, but yeah, Samuel Owens, we hear you. We hear you. Um, next up, fascinating cluster of uh, commentary gems here, Charlie. Um, I put it to you that football punditry is officially on the beach with these. First up, Robbo Flaneur writes in says, Gary Breen on Premier Sports in Ireland uh, just said it'll have to be a good strike to beat this goalkeeper as Lukaku was lining up to take Chelsea's penalty against Wolves. <laughs> Can't have that for a penalty, <laughs> can we? <laughs> have to be some hit from this distance. It's <laughs> such ridiculous. <laughs> it's a penalty. Yeah, I mean, this is like when we talked about, you know, a fine finish and things like that. Like, we yeah. know pe- penalty has its own language. Yeah. You, you I mean, you could you could just about excuse it, Nick, if the goalkeeper was a was a outlandishly good penalty-saving specialist. But even then it would sound weird because we, we all know where where that phrase should be applied. It's 25-yarders that don't go in. Yeah, it's uh, you, you. No, you, I, I don't think I don't think there's any any circumstances. Even if it's like, you know, Thibaut Courtois against an under eleven player, I'm not sure you can. <laughs> I'm not sure you can apply. You can play around with the be... variables as much as you like. It's not going to no, work, is it? No no, 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 no. You can't can't apply that to a penalty under no circumstances. Um, we go deeper into this penalty situation. Adam Nathan writes in Nick and says, "Can a penalty go into the far corner?" As Lee Hendry has just described for Lukaku. <laughs> Well, no. I mean, presumably, what he means is the far corner from where he's sitting. But um, no, I don't think he. I don't think so. I don't think, think so. Oh, well, I think he I means mean, he's H- cut across it. I think Hendry was in. Right. Hendry presumably was doing soccer Saturday, so he wasn't. You know, he wasn't physically there. Um. Oh, I haven't actually. Nick, I'm sorry. I hadn't even considered that this might be a possibility. Yeah. Well, the far uh, corner that where we're looking. Really? Yeah, I, I, I assume that's what. It, I'm not saying it's it's acceptable because no. it's a penalty. There is no far corner, but well, I, I I assume that's what he would have meant. Charlie, do you have a theory on this? Well, no, I, I'm imagining by far corner he means a player has kind of hit it across themselves. So, so if you're talking about Lukaku, you're saying he's gone with his left foot and he's hit it to the keeper's left, and that the near post would be that one where you kind of just place it into the other corner. I mean, again. I'm not advocating this. But. <laughs> I, I sense, Charlie, you're closer to the truth, but you've, you've got the crucial fact wrong. Lukaku actually side-footed it into the bottom left corner as he looked. Ah. Which yes, I can true. kind of see why Hendry would have described that as the far corner. It's kind of... You've bent your body, and therefore the post that post is the furthest away from you, so it becomes the far <laughs> corner. <laughs> it, mm. The more I think about it, the more it kind of... It kind of works, but, but we can't have it. The other we? corner definitely is not, it's not the, you know, near, the near post, post is it? Is it? <laughs> he snuck his penalty in at the near post. No. no. It's... My goodness. Um, so that's two for two on this penalty situation. Nick, here's number three. Ois Majid writes in and says, On TalkSport 2's commentary of Chelsea versus Wolves, Romelu Lukaku was described as bearing down on goal <laughs> while he was on the penalty spot waiting to take it. I mean... <laughs> I suppose that's technically. I mean, that's technically correct because he's he is also technically one on one with the goalkeeper, and he has he is advancing towards the goal. But again, no, it's not. It's not. It's not right. It's not no. right. Charlie, I think this might be the worst of the three. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is spectacular. I honestly, it's the first time in cliche's history. I haven't got a spreadsheet to prove it. That the same incident has produced three very different <laughs> claims. To the adjudication panel. Does does there need to like um, it'll have to be some shot to beat him from there? Do, you, do do we need some kind of minimum minimum yardage for bearing down on goal? Because oh. I'm not sure you can. It, 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 it's it's very kind of put your put through clean on clean through possibly from a counter attack. Uh, you can't have you can't be bearing down on goal if you just received a sideways pass into the penalty area. No, definitely. I, my first thought here, Nick, is that bearing down on goal needs to include an element of ball carrying. You yes. couldn't just have the through ball and then you shoot or even yeah. have just one touch. So there needs to be... An, uh, it's a bit like in a cartoon. If a cartoon was showing football, uh, the, the focus would be on the strikers they're carrying the ball and the, the whole thing's sort of rushing behind them, mm. uh, sort of manga style. <laughs> and that's what I think of bearing down on goal. Yeah. And uh, so I would... How many touches are we talking? Three? Three touches, three, three or four. I think it, need, it needs to carry the ball for minimum twenty yards. I think. Oh yeah, we need we need yardage here, don't we, Charlie? Yeah. Twenty yards, three touches minimum. Does that sound bearingy enough for you? 
That does sound bearing you. Yeah, 20 yards is quite a lot. So, yeah, I think, mm. that, I think that's fair. Okay, so it's definitely not no touches and 12 yards. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Um, okay, so a fascinating um, case study for us popped up during the Liverpool Spurs game at the weekend. Ben Krellin tweeted a screenshot from Twitter um, of two correspondents describing Van Dyke heading against the woodwork. Uh, our Liverpool correspondent, James Pearce, wrote, Van Dyke's header clatters against the bar. Phil McNulty of the BBC said Van Dyke header glances off the bar. An innocuous pair of tweets looking at something slightly differently, but not in our world, <laughs> because that glancing and clattering are two entirely different things. Um, let's set this scenario aside, though, because what I want to do, and uh, we can solve this in the process, is to definitively come up with the full contact terminology scale of ball versus woodwork. Now, how, which way do we want to do this, Nick? Do, should we start with the furthest possible away or should we start with the nearest? Let's start with the furthest because then we can increase the tension as we go. So in your head, as a football writer, what is the furthest away a ball can be from the goal linguistically? Like, what sums up the furthest the ball could be? Orbit? Yeah, orbit or... Um, yeah, orbit become, is, is further than row Z, isn't it? Yeah, um, for sure. Still traveling, still rising, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something along those lines. Out the stadium. Think, yeah, but orbit is a nice upper limit for us. But then you have to come all the way in, Charlie, because the next step down for a shot that really is off target, I would say, what miles, miles wide or over. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, miles is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a unit of measurement more more wider over the miles because you'll get in you know it's missed by inches which is obviously the um opposite mm. of that yeah a good feet oh, yeah. over a good feet wide yeah i think feet is the is the next stage down nick uh you might do you have to specify how many feet you i don't think you need to it's just it often is yeah. a good foot i think you, you you will sometimes get that as a okay just to emphasize it yeah i don't know how many more feet you would use but yeah feet wide or over <laughs> then you get into inches territory charlie as you said and that you you could say, well, just what, six inches wide of that of that far post there, um, but you would never have one. I don't think you could ever be one inch wide. It was just an inch wide, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, you can't have inch wide. So it has to be plural. Yeah. 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 So I think that's fair. Okay, so now we're now we've we've zoomed all the way in from outer space into the real margins here. From inches, I think you would then go a whisker. Yeah, <clears throat> I think a whisker, and then I think then so I, I think coat of paint might yes, come after or whisker. lick of paint. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then then after that, you're getting into actually touching the the post or bar, aren't you? Well, interestingly, that's interesting. So, Charlie, is lick of paint slash coat of paint? Does the ball touch the woodwork, or is it just sort of flirt with it? Uh, this is this is the ter- this is the yeah. real kind of turning point of this. <sighs> trying to think actually because you don't hear it all that often but i think maybe i think, I think it is sort of skimming it does ki- oh you think it does touch i don't know i think it might kiss the woodwork it's a lick of paint away lick of, uh, i don't think it touches i think the implication think is it that it could take the paint off yeah right yeah mm. a shot that whistles wide that's probably further out than lick of paint yeah definitely that's yeah. that's a Whistling. Whistles, if it's a whistle, it has to be close, but that also refers more to the power of the shot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no question. Yeah. yeah, we won't delve too far into that, into the other variables here, but yeah, you're absolutely right with that. So, okay, so we've got to lick of paint territory. We're not entirely sure if it involves contact, but I don't think it does. What's the what's the slightest amount of contact you can have with the woodwork, Charlie? I'm thinking shave. Shave, yes, yeah. Shave's a good one. Because, yeah, because glance, yeah, I don't... Glance is more than a shave. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you wouldn't... Yeah, you wouldn't talk about... In other sports, you might talk about, like, tickling something or <laughs> or, or, or kissing the line, you might hear in other sports. Mm. But I, I don't think you'd really hear that in relation to woodwork. So, okay, so we've got um, shave, then possibly glance. Uh, this is where we bring in listener Charlie, Nick, who says, can the crossbar only be kissed if the ball goes in? I kind of agree with this. You can't kiss the woodwork unless the ball is actually going in off it. Otherwise, if it go if it's going out, that the kiss is redundant. You can't use it. Can it? I, I don't know. I, I think you could possibly have kiss if it if it 
one of those where just initially kiss the bar on its way in, just kiss the bar on its way over. Nah, no, I don't know. <laughs> can, can you not have it? You know those those scenarios where uh, for you know live it doesn't look like it's hit the post at all, but then you get the replay behind the goal and it just uh, and it's oh just kiss the kiss the post on the way wide. No, yeah, it's not outlandish. It's yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, kissed is in there somewhere. So we've got <laughs> shaved. And glanced, clipped. I clipped. I think is probably more of a contact. So that's probably the next one in, isn't it? Clipped, because it's it's a, it's a it's a a very visible contact, Charlie. But it isn't enough to really to really set the pulses racing. It's mm. not really an ooh moment, is it? But it is. But yeah. It's a thing. One of those that dips onto the bar and sort of. Yeah. You're, you're kind of like it has technically hit the bar, but it was never really. Mm. You know that that makes it sound closer than it was. And uh, this was the consensus for Van Dyke's header, um, Nick. A lot of people wrote in saying that, that that was a textbook clipping, clipping of the bar, which mm. is somewhere between glancing and clattering, probably halfway, actually. Uh, uh, have we missed out uh, skimmed and flicked at any oh, stage it, here? Skimmed? Skimmed? You can't skim a post, but you can skim a bar. Yes, 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 and, yes, yes. Yeah, skimming is, skimming is probably more than shaving, but less than glancing. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably less than clipping as well. And you could take paint off with a skim as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cannoned? We're too. Fu- that's too much, isn't you've it? Got, you've, gone to, you've gone a step too far now, I think. Where are we then? We, where, where are we? <laughs> Have we done grazed? Clipped oh, is where grazed. we were. Have we done grazed? Gray- I think we have done grazed. Graze or shave? I think graze and shave are basically the same thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. they're very similar. Keys and, keys and graze. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, glanced, grazed we and shaved the same. Glanced, glanced, yeah, as um, yeah, as McNulty put it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're into quite deft, touching sort of territory here. But what's next? Caressed. <laughs> Caressed. No. <laughs> Caressed the bar on its way through. I can't just, think just, of. Yeah. Go on. Just going back to glanced. Glanced is an interesting one, I think, because you can have you can have a glancing that sort of hits the bar full on. Say if it's a, a near post, say corner comes in, near post header, and it glances the bar and oh, then goes, see. goes kind of uh, to the other side of the penalty area. This is, this, is, this is valuable. This is valuable stuff. We hadn't considered this, where it hits the bar plumb, but at yeah. a horizontally shallow angle. Exactly. So if, 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 you, if you had a, like a, one of those heat map things of, yeah. of it, it, that would show it hitting like bang on in the middle of the bar, but is that glancing still? Do you think? I think that's still glancing. Yeah. yeah. Or does the glancing refer more to the header than the? Oh, you can have both. That's fine. Okay. Right. Yeah, you can definitely have both. Yeah, so you can glance the crossbar. Yeah. Okay. That's that's okay. Yeah. But you couldn't shave it in that direction. You couldn't shave the bar in that direction, <laughs> no, could you? I don't think so. No, definitely. You can only shave the sides of the bar mm. and the, and the woodwork. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't really have anything for the kind of. Um, Four out of ten context here. All I can go straight in is cannoned, crashed. Crashed, I think, is the ultimate. Mm. Crash is the crash is the absolute plum back into play. Crowd go ooh. There's chaos in the box. Word for the ball hitting the woodwork. Crashed is the ultimate. I can't think of a more direct contact with the woodwork with a ball than crash, Charlie. Crashed. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking. Yeah, the, the, this header wasn't quite it, that Van Dyke one. But yeah, crashed is... You often do see... Because those kind of headers from a corner and you really connect yeah. with it and crashed yeah. off the bar. A bullet header can crash yeah. against a post, definitely. Although bullets themselves couldn't crash, interestingly. Um, uh, this this went to absurd lengths on Twitter, Nick. Um, designer Stuart Frisbee... Um, are you st- he claims he's his designer. I'm not sure about uh, his image. He sent, he sent me a bird's eye view of a cross section of a goalpost and then lines coming out at various slices of the goalpost with words attached. He got the words completely wrong, but I did admire the effort that went into the design because that was really forensic stuff. So, uh, but I, th- I think we've got there. We might need a few more words if anyone can contribute them for that kind of anywhere between um, clipping and cannoning. We need we need words between clipping and cannoning, if possible. Uh, simply a shot against the bar isn't going to do it. Um, let's move on from that. <laughs> really good stuff, though. Well done. Um, next up, Dominic Wilson asks, Nick, is Luton's playoff ceiling goal the most Danny Baker own goals and gaffes goal of 21-22? And if not, what is? It's a classic, isn't it? 
it, it, it's yeah. The, the, this one was more uh, goals and gaffs than your goalkeeper kind of dithering. Yes, and being charged down. Who did Sadio Mane score? Got he said a yeah. nice Zach one Stephan, like that wasn't it? Recently, yeah. yeah. This is um this is Harry Cornick picking the pocket of Reading goalkeeper yeah. or your Nyland because uh, the setup is so so good, Charlie, compared to a kind of calamitous closing down. So I think it does lend itself to bloopers video a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, you've got the pantomime element of the yeah. He's behind you. Interesting that you say that. Very interesting that you use that phrase because um, I found the highlights from this game and brilliantly, of course, there's no commentary from the EFL club highlights so we can enjoy it in its crowd noise glory. And it answers a question I've always had about a goal like this is because surely the fans behind the goal must tell the keeper. Like, what are they doing? That's their job. That's that's the most 12th manny they can get is to tell the goalkeeper there's someone behind them. Does it ever happen, I wondered? Let's find out. It's absolutely mind-blowing because not only do you have this kind of um, desperate chorus, first of all, of he's behind you, quite literally pantomime stuff, but then when it, when it, when it becomes obvious that all their shouts have been in vain and the goalkeeper is about to roll the ball out, all you can hear is, no! <laughs> and it's great. How can he not hear? It's not even that loud. And there's also, it doesn't really work well uh, on audio medium, but if you watch the goal, there are at least three or four blokes standing wide-armed as if to say, we did fucking tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that he's he's just so... It's not even crossed his mind that there could possibly be... That that's what's going on. You just think, oh, they're, they're being weird. Like, just I ignore may- that. It amazes me that this type of goal can can happen in 2022 not just because of the you know body of work that's gone before it you know all goalkeepers should be aware you know wary of this danger but the fact that he couldn't hear dozens of fans behind him going don't do this is it's not from it was about 18 yards away um i don't know i don't know how well noise travels at kenilworth road but um but it's stunning to me but i'm delighted to know that fans do at least try and warn their goalkeeper the other nice thing about this one is it fulfilled the um, the other relatively uh, relatively niche category of goals missed on the live coverage. Yes, they were showing they were showing a replay of yeah. something else, and then suddenly there was a commotion, and they cut to Harry Cornick wheeling away in celebration. <laughs> really does enhance the drama of the if you can't see the goal, but uh, yeah. not something we should encourage on a regular basis. Spanish TV directors take note. <laughs> um, next up, this is um, this is Vitaly Mikolenko's volley against Leicester. Um, a wonderful goal, uh, Charlie, rightly given the emphatic treatment from commentator Seb Hutchinson. But I genuinely have no idea what co-commentator David Phillips <laughs> describes it as. Mikolenko! Mikolenko! What a start from the Ukrainian! A brilliant goal! Another big goal for Everton! Well, what a strike that is from Mikolenko. You can only applaud it. It's a wow sensation goal. <laughs> Phil, can we hear that last bit again? Just before that final angle as it starts. Well, what a strike that is from Mikolenko. You can only applaud it. It's a wow sensation goal. Charlie, I've gathered information on this from my various sources. Um, didn't actually ask the commentators themselves, but, you know, give me some <laughs> credit. Um, I, I present to you three options for what that could have been. Wow sensation. Well sensationed or world sensation, as if it was some sort of tabloid story. <laughs> I mean, it's wow sensation. Is it? All the way, I think, yeah. Mm. I yeah, mean, it, it makes no it sense, does... but that I'm sure yeah. that's what he's saying. Yeah. Producer Phil says it's definitely world sensation. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not having that. It's, I'm with Charlie in this one. It's definitely wow sensation. It's bollocks, <laughs> but it's, that's, what, that's what he said. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't. And to be honest, even if I got into contact with Seb Hutchinson, I don't think he would know either. So, I'd, him being there, I don't think he's actually going to help us here. Uh, it feels like world sensation is the most logical one to be. Can we rule out well hyphen sensations then? Yeah, yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice suggestion. Um, yeah, let's play it again one more time. I'm convinced you you think it's wow sensation, mm. and I think it's world sensation. Bear in mind that David Phillips is Welsh or 
Well, shish. <laughs> well, what a strike that is from Mikolenko. You can only applaud it. It's a wow sensation goal. I'm hearing consonants at the end there. I know. I, I think it's he goes wow. It's definitely wow. Definitely wow for me. I mean, wow sensation. It's, it kind of reminds me, you know, I don't think you really get, get it quite so much these days, but in the sort of in the 90s, you would get like English or American actors doing adverts in Japan. But they, <laughs> they just they just assumed that no one would ever see yep. back home. But wow sensation feels like it's uh, the, the the tagline from one of those. There you go. That must be the that must be the motivation for this, the inspiration for it. I'm not sure. Um, but wow sensation. Um, fine. Fine, if that's if that's what you wanted to say, that's what it was. Um, I, I'd like to still think it was world sensation. We'll never find out. Next up, here's Scott Scotty Parker and his halftime team talk as Bournemouth secured promotion to the Premier League. It is pure Scotty Parker, but there are other elements I'd like to enjoy. Let's hear it in all its glory. Do not let this become an emotional game. I said at the start, lads, they've got it all to do. Not us. Not us, boys. They have. So understand it, be brave in our moments, manage the game at times as well, understand at times we're going to have to go long and not a problem at all if their press is right, perfect balance. But understand as well lads, the front five in this team, in our team, in my team, are deadly against this team. So get them in a foot race, get into our feet, be creative in and around the edge of the boxes. The other side of the game do it to a T like you have. And we go again. Let's go, let's go. I've say I got sucked in by this, Nick. I found it quite inspirational. Great man management for me. It's a couple of things. One is at right at the end. He, he, he uh, unless I misheard this, he says we go again. Yeah. Surely that. Surely people have given the you know the most famous example of that of that phrase, and everyone knowing what happened next. Surely people have got to retire that from you know, from football lexicon. I kind of agree with you, but I think it also has kind of diplomatic immunity in a half-time team talk because that is the most natural habitat for we go again. Like you go out there and you do it again. We're going again in the second half. So I think it's all right. I think it's okay. Yeah. The other thing is that I couldn't... I, I, every time... This, this was a, a real um, kind of a, an emphasis of Scott Parker basically looking like every Foxton's estate agent that you've ever met. <laughs> And that this was a, I mean, it would be quite a, uh, quite a sort of ballsy team talk for the, you know, this head of state agent to give his troops um, mm. before a busy day of selling and letting. But you can it, see it. it did just, it did just feel like an extreme version of that. Did have a whiteboard in the background, just like, just like any yeah. good estate agent. Um, Charlie, in and amongst the, um, the real kind of earnest championship manager speak, he used the word moments which is always nice to hear. Uh, foot race, which I've never heard out in the wild. <laughs> That's great. And, uh, and an obligatory um, sprinkling of in and around as well, which was, you know, quite well applied, I think. Yeah, it, the whole thing had quite strong, to me, it kind of overacting in an audition by an actor <laughs> who's yes. trying to get a role and has sort of revved himself up. What I realised is not us, not us. That repetition is very, and I, I want this role so bad. That's not I like me. Us. Okay. I also yeah. liked the. Um, there was, I think it went this team, my team. Yes. Uh, yeah. Where he's talking about how how deadly his strikers were, as if he was trying to go. You want you don't want to let me down, fellas. This is my team. Yeah, it's um yeah great to have Scott Parker back in the Premier League. Um, bringing his very, very unique subgenre of earnest management speak back. Um, look forward to more of that next season. Next up, bear with me as we go down the tangent of all tangents here. On Monday, Amy Lawrence wrote a lovely piece for The Athletic about Arsenal's new pre-match song, Charlie, The Angel by Louis Dunford. Um, this has been some sort of ongoing saga at the Emirates about what song they should play before Played before games, I understand it. There was Elvis Presley's "The Wonder, the Wonder of, of You,", you yeah. yeah, and then and then "Sweet Caroline," which of course has been co-opted by so many other sporting events that it kind of maybe didn't feel like it was Arsenal's to have. So that it's this, they seem to have settled on a on a perhaps a long-term choice now. Yes, yeah, it, it would appear so. I think kind of wanting their own. Um... You'll never walk alone, or something like, which mm. is the kind of the, the the benchmark, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So we were talking about this in the office at the weekend, Nick, and Louis Dunford's mum is Linda Robson, most famous, of course, for playing Tracy in Birds of a Feather. Now, listener Alex Kajelski points out that the theme tune for Birds of a Feather would itself make a textbook pre-game song for a club. Um, if anyone isn't aware or simply isn't old enough to know the theme tune to Birds of a Feather, here it is. What'll I do? something in the simplicity of the lyrics the fact that they could vaguely be applied to the yearning for something that's that's gone that they love nice even rhythm to it nick i feel like this would work yeah i can 100 percent picture uh, a group of but i'm thinking more weirdly in a like a in the pub pre-match mm. than actually at the game okay. some lads who have had a few too many pints getting a little bit teary as they link arms and you know sing this sing this one yeah i think it definitely works uh, the real icing on the cake for this charlie is that um the the ending the kind of just the prolonged note at the end really does lend itself to a kind of round of applause as everyone sort of congratulates yeah, themselves yeah. before before the ball is kicked um but, so yeah no i was gonna say this has been one of my one of my favorite stories of the whole season was um Tottenham fans I think campaigned to have mm. um Can't Smile Without You the the Barry Manilow song played pre-game and you know it was one of those that it happened I think the club probably tweeted out you know you asked we listened here's <laughs> the um Can't Smile Without You and it you know trundled along for a couple of games and then they did it again uh, for a home game where Spurs lost to Brighton and sure enough having campaigned so uh, you know, um, admirably to have this song installed, there were then serious rumblings of discontent <laughs> and complaints of, it's so slow. It, it, <laughs> it just set the tone for me. The, the, oh my the God. players were never at it. And, you know, you hear that song and they just seem sluggish. I was just like, I this is just too perfect. I cannot believe having a campaign for it, but you're, you're blaming... A home defeat on the fact that the song at the beginning was too slow and the players that just just never got out of second gear as a result. That just goes to show that there's there's nothing there's nothing that won't be the the subject of some sort of petition in yeah. football at some stage. And I bet you now, if Arsenal mess it up, it will yeah. be that this song got them too emotional. Actually, it was yeah. it, it was almost too good. You could see the players; they were just so swept away with 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 the beauty of the angel and uh, yeah, you know well. God, these things do matter. I mean, I mean, I could suggest the Birds of Feather theme tune, but um, maybe the mention of blue wouldn't work for Arsenal. So we maybe we need to find a songless club who play in blue um, to adopt this because I really think it does work. I mean, um, allow me, if I may. What I like do <laughs> when you are That was it. I mean, that was a um, you, listener. You'll have just heard the audio of that, but that was a visual feast as well. Mm, arms aloft, yeah. arms aloft for that one. What's amazing yeah. as well is you're hit with like um, "Can't Smile Without You." It's this very like "Can't Smile Without You," and then in the breaks, no, and it's just <laughs> it's just the it's like how this is like the least sort of. Laddie, let's get up for it, and then just these sort of but it's so screams of Tottenham these, these in between. These songs usually are. These usually these songs are usually completely inappropriate to be sung by a, a predominantly thir late thirty-something crowd of men, um, and and quite often the sentiment of the songs and, and their origins are completely incongruous to football. Nick, it feels like it's complete open season. 
it, there's, there's, it doesn't have to be football related at all, which is why Birds of the Feather is such a candidate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, from my, uh, you know, own personal, <laughs> my own personal experience, like, Forest fans adopted, for, for some reason, a long time ago, you've lost that loving feeling. Oh. Which, I just, I mean, it, it, it makes it makes no sense outside of the context of, yeah. of the ground, but yeah. it's, it's usually sung after Forest have scored, usually to go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, in previous years, it it tended to be reserved for um, for when Forest went two or three goals ahead. But you know, got to scale it back a little bit these days. So uh, yeah, just completely incongruous song, but bloody hell, it works. What I'd really want for this song, Charlie, is to have another layer of of incongruousness, and I'd want it to be adopted by a non English team, <laughs> just just to add that real layer of curiosity. I want it to be like it had to be blue, so someone like Cruzeiro or Schalke. <laughs> To sing this before their games, can you? Yeah, I think I think it's a German team. <laughs> a German team singing. I think the it's... theme tune to Birds of a Feather before like a Europa League game or something like that. I Amazing. think it's um I think it's Hamburg because they, they have a sort of tragic comic element to them where they always manage to fuck things up. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it would work really well for them. Fantastic. Look forward to seeing that happen. Let's get it going. Right. Um, can I also just oh, praise you, Adam, on doing what you always say you shouldn't do of not doing something. If you're gonna sing. Do it! Don't do it half-heartedly. You committed, yeah. and the results are obvious. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, if you'd seen me googling last night, how to turn your voice into ten thousand voices on Google, <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Don't know how to do it. Um, I was never going to record it ten thousand times. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, last couple of pieces before our traditional flourish at the end. Ollie Hayne writes and says, "This one's been bugging me for weeks, Charlie. This might be one for you." Talk Sport had a feature on One Club Men. And Trevor Brooking used the phrase touch wood in the past tense. <laughs> Basically, he said, we needed to get promoted right away and touch wood, it happened. <laughs> Does he think if he didn't touch wood, then West Ham won't be promoted in 1981? Uh, no, touch wood in um, that, that's That is crazy, yeah. I mean, is is he? He's kind of. You, it's almost like a God willing, or and thank goodness, or or that yeah. sort of thing, isn't it? But um, yeah. I'm all right with it. I'm all right with touch wood in general conversation being used retrospectively. Nick, it's okay. It, you, everyone knows what it means. It's. it's would you have? Back. Would you have to physically do it? Do you think? Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely. You yeah. know, and and if there is no wood to hand, obviously you. Yeah. You know, t- tap your head. Classic. Although, as an addendum to this, Charlie, he um, he popped up on the coverage of um, Eintracht Frankfurt versus West Ham the other night. I think it was on the radio. And uh, the commentator said, what a voice he had, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was alerted to this, but I couldn't find the... I couldn't find it. I think it might have been on TalkSport or something. But, um, but yeah, pleasant Amazing. to know that someone's still... But he, he deserves that, right? And true. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. What a voice and he had, by Final one for you. Hope you enjoyed this one. Fraser writes in and says, I saw Jim Rosenthal arriving at Holker Street, Barrow's home on Saturday, and I said his name very loudly in the silly Richard Keyes voice, but he <laughs> pretended not to hear me. <laughs> oh, no. What have we done? Oh, that is, yeah. I mean, it's just so Jim tempting. Rosenthal. Jim Rosenthal. <laughs> it's just so tempting. I do it all the time. I mean, I say, not to someone's No, back, no, no. They're not walking their face. away from no. you unbeknownst. No, not in that context. More, yeah. I'll get an email and I'll, from a stranger and I'll say that his name in that voice. But yeah, I mean, but I can imagine it because it's so, for me, it's so kind of always there, just uh, not far from the surface. I know it, and it's fine, and it's, it's, it's good that it's a phenomenon, Nick, but I don't want it to turn into a kind of happy slapping situation. <laughs> <laughs> what are we done? Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that it was in the athletic office with Charlie last week or a couple of weeks ago, mm. and somewhat, it wasn't Peter Reid. But it was it was Andy Reid or Stephen Reid was brought up. Immediately, Myers went to Charlie, who obliged by going Reedy. <laughs> Reedy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Well, luckily, with twenty four seven US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, that brings us very, very nicely to Keys and Grey Corner. Ford Super Sunday. Okay, first up, this is from the podcast. This is Keys and Grey on the growing asthma conspiracy theories. Yes, you're absolutely right. Well done. <laughs> I thought that this morning when I saw the, the is it a meme you call it? Moisey's just replied, I'll share that with you. Right, okay, so I've done a little bit of work this morning and um, we have a we have a shared group yes. chat site called Load of Bollocks, yes. which is one of your phrases. <laughs> uh, I can tell you it's a load of bollocks. Right. Um, you need a respiratory consultant and an official report saying asthma uh, is is uh, a, problem. A, a problem to be allowed to use these medications. Actually, the asthma thing, Charlie, was a bit of a sideshow here. Um, the fact that he was receiving a text from Moisey That's a... halfway through and then revealing that his their WhatsApp group is called A Load of Bollocks. <laughs> that's one of Grey's catchphrases. <laughs> Apparently that's, so. That's, that's absolutely classic... Um... Jimmy, Ar- dear old Jimmy Armfield used to do, do, do this all the time. He'd, you know, he'd say, uh, "They've got what I call a corner." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is a kind of slightly it, it, grimier version of that. Well, it's it's a bit Brent. Um, same shit, different day. Excuse <laughs> me, one of mine. One of mine. <laughs> Uh, but there was uh, there was elsewhere on their podcast on Saturday. There was there was always time to catch up with an old friend. And VAR will be used in the championship playoff final, it seems. Do you know why? Because they can. No. Why? Because there are concerns over avoiding what would be the most costly refereeing mistake in football. So I don't we, agree. Well, hold on. That's assuming that we're assuming then that every every decision that a referee makes in the Premier League is right. My point entirely. <laughs> Ask Everton. Yeah, exactly. To Twice. whom Mike <coughs> Riley. Affi- this is the difference between. <laughs> Decisions yes. we all debate still that were a little bit lively at the time. <laughs> a real return to form, Charlie, for for Mike Keezy's Mike Riley. Possible as possibly the definitive one, actually. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I think when when you're when you're imagining that, it is Mike Riley. Yeah, Nick, would you say that's probably the ultimate delivery of Mike Riley from Richard Keyes? Perfect. Uh, absolutely yeah. perfect. Can't can't peg holes in that at all. I know, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If only there was some way to put them all side by side <laughs> with an appropriate soundtrack behind them. <laughs> Mike Riley. 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 I, I would like at this point to publicly call on Mike Riley to stand aside. He's been <laughs> obstinate, difficult, he's been and wrong all season long. And there we are. The life, the strife of Riley by Richard Keyes. Yeah, Charlie, bear in mind that that was all the Mike Rileys I could find in about 45 minutes. I didn't even, <laughs> if, if I had a whole day, imagine how many I could find. Some people might might speculate I might have duplicated them. I didn't. I didn't. That was. Uh, I found about ten in the space of forty-five minutes. So, we can uh, vouch for that, I think, because we could see the different clips, and they were all genuine standalone. Damn right. Damn right. Well, tri- uh, triumphant return for you, Nick Miller, on your thirty-seventh cliches appearance. Good to have you back. Well, we're always happy to be on. Yeah, let's see if you can usurp Steve McManaman and Adele Alley <laughs> with another appearance. Charlie, thanks to you. Thank you. Hundredth appearance on the way. Look forward to that. Yes, bring up the century. Absolutely. Uh, Cheers, everyone. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.